And welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papa News of PapaNews.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Contraman Ali of TheContraman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, William Stickevers of WilliamStickevers.com in Las Vegas, Nevada, bringing us today's topic on the summer solstice. Afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk match practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Ms. Cat and Contraman Ali. Ms. Cat? Hi, Papa Newt. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, this is this is um, an interesting time. So um hope things are doing very well for you in the lovely state of Nebraska. I've been watching some of your fabulous Facebook posts. Looks like things are going well. Oh, lost Papa Newt. Nope, nope, sorry. I pushed the mute button. Sorry, sorry about that. Uh, well, how are things in Nebraska? Uh, very, very busy. Um, I, I, of course, doing a lot of readings at the next millennium. I'm currently also in um, planning of, um, of making products. More details on that in the months ahead. And uh, just getting ready for some family uh, gathering here at the end of the month. So it's been a lot of, a lot of things going on here for me. Well, that sounds good. All right. Well, I guess I go next, and I'm, I can say things here at Lucky Mojo are lovely. The weather is pleasant. We've had a number of interesting uh, clients and customers in the store today, making things for people as we work, stocking the shelves. Um, just a nice day all around, a nice low-key, casual day. Um can't say anything exciting is new right now at Lucky Mojo other than that um, I received a very strange uh, Facebook message, and I've been thinking and pondering about it. I don't know if I have the right to say the name of the ga- guy who sent it to me, so I'll just leave that aside. just a guy I know. He said to me that he values my writing more than many things on the Internet, which was a very complimentary thing to say. And then he said, beware of solar flares. And he wanted me to print out every one of my mm, 10,000 web pages so that there would be a printed record in case there was a solar flare that totally destroyed the Internet temporarily. And I've been thinking about this ever since. If he's listening, Guy, you did make me think. Um yeah, a solar flare would be really bad. <laughs> so that, that's been on my mind. I'm going, should I actually print everything I've ever written on the basis that there might be a solar flare? 
What a strange idea. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to my co-host, Kanjaman Ali. How are things in Southern California? So things are things are well. We're actually having a unseasonably cool day, so it's been a nice break. We had that kind of heat wave coming in last week uh, that reminded us that this summer is going to be pretty brutal. So it's been a nice kind of break in that. Uh, just spent some time with with family for Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to to those out there celebrating. Um, but yeah, mostly been a, a low day. key low key kind of day. Yeah. Well, I just got a little note in the chat log from um, Nagashiva uh, that uh, Lara Rivera has rejoined AIR. And so I'm going to say a big thank you for Lara for for persisting. Um, Those of you who've been around a while know that Lara Rivera was um, – one of my early students and graduates and graduate apprentice in my course, but she brought to us her high level, and I mean really high level, technical skills in uh, internet technology, uh, database management, and so forth. We certainly had our own repertoire of, of things. She did not teach us, but she came out of a just a high level project management for a large corporation and knew how to do a lot of things that were a little fancier than the things that that Shiva and I knew how to do. She um, helped set up our shopping cart. Another woman named Jagat had actually started it while working for us. But Lara pioneered um, the the amazing shopping cart site we have now with the portable buttons that appear on all the monetized pages and all of that goodness. Lara also was um, very good at running um, media wiki wiki um, sites. And she was running them for uh, role-playing games. And so she got some of her role-playing game friends, one guy in particular, involved, and they set up the AIR website. And that mm. went. they started that in 2008, and it went live in June 6, 2009, 10 years ago. And um, most of the writing on that site has been by a few people, myself, Contraband Ali, Charles Porterfield. Um, I, I think between us, we've written the bulk of the site. However, without Lara to have set the site up for us and pioneered the uh, system, we would not have that fabulous air site that we all enjoy so much. Also, Lara uh, knew how to run PHP BB forums inside of her MediaWiki stuff, and she's the one who set up the Lucky Mojo forum. And so we all use that. She was our first admin along with this one friend of hers, um, uh, Hal, from the role-playing game world. And so the Lucky Mojo Forum, which also went live in 2009, is also all based on her work. She was a fabulous member of AIR, did a lot of work, um, just all kind, anything technical, Lara could do it. She did that from 2009 to 2013, and she had some health problems, so she bowed out of doing readings and root work while she took care of her health problems. In 2015, she came back to air, and um, some people would know her from that period as Leah Rivera, but she's gone back to being Lara. She then had some other health problems, including that she also relocated from Texas to Rhode Island, which is not a health problem, but it's a it's a time a time taker. And she is now back in air. So she paid her dues and um, 
we are so happy to have her back. And she was one of the founders of AIR. So I just uh, thank you, Shiva, for reminding us to mention that. Uh, but now she's back to being Lara Rivera, um, as opposed to Leah. And uh, she's going to be working. Uh, she's an admin. She's back to being an admin at the forum because she always was an admin until she ha- had to you know, go take care of other business. So now the forum has four admins, Lara, Athena, and Nagashiva, and me. And so... She won't be doing a lot of posting, I don't think, but she r- knows how to run things from a technical point of view. And uh, if you have any experiences with her and want to thank her for her help, there's a thread now, revived thread, thank you, Lara Rivera, which is in the forum. And um, the AIR site, we're going to probably be doing a little bit of uh, reconstruction. She's already redone one page, uh, which is the Metaphysical Authors of AIR. She's added everybody's pictures to it, and we're just going to keep on bulldozing along. And um, she's, we're we're going to be working on a page called the Teachers of Air, and this is all of the Air members who teach workshops, classes, courses, or in in person um, uh, training. And um, so, if you do, if you teach a course, get to the Air Forum. If you're an Air member who hears this, get to the Air Forum. There's going to be a thread where you're going to write what you do. And Lara will be uh, project managing that. That's going to be a big added value to the AIR uh, site, both for students and for the members, because it doesn't going to cost you anything more than your regular directory listing fee, which is the lowest in the world, practically. But now you're going to be listed as a teacher. So that is, um, thank you very much for for, um, mentioning that Nagashiva, but that was a little side trip, but it's really going to be cool. Papaji is right there. He goes, cool, absolutely. Um, Papaji teaches. So get your list of what you teach together. <laughs> okay. And Shiva said, she is a whirlwind of can-do. It is absolutely mm. um, an amazing, she's an amazing person. So Arj, what do you think, Kanjavanali? You You remember her. I do remember. I'm very excited to have her have her back. Um, she was one of the uh, OGs, as I like to call her, um, from from back uh, in the yeah. day. <laughs> so it's yeah. exciting to to see her back. Welcome back, Laura. Yeah, yeah. It's really going to be good. And uh, she she's not taking readings or root work right now. Um, she's on her kids are on summer break. And so she's just doing local teaching in Rhode Island. If you're in Rhode Island, look her up. But she's going to be rewriting her air page very soon, and she will give her teaching schedule. Um, and she's she's excellent gal, excellent. Mm, All right. Yeah. So that was that was a plug for air for those of you who understand what air is about. And she is one of the the leading lights of air. And uh, like I said, she's also working on another secret project with me, which. To be announced. We're just going to get to that later. <laughs> okay. Um, so today our guest is William Stick Evers, and um, this is a member of Air, absolutely, William. And William is an astrologer. We've had him as a guest on the show, and we tend to have him on when there are changes of season that can mm-hmm. be looked at astrologically. So right now we're going to be looking at the uh, upcoming summer solstice, and this is for June 21st, 2019. And I'm going to tell you something. I looked at the chart. 
I'm going to just hold my breath and hear what William has to say. But first of all, mm. let's say let's say welcome to to William and tell us what you've been doing before we get into our topic. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you, Kat. Thank you, Conjurman Ali. Um, yeah, I've been pretty busy since attending the Hoodoo Root Work Festival uh, this past May and. Um, I was teaching a six-week practitioner-level course in local space astrology, which also includes astral cartography, as, along with um, uh, what we would call ley lines using mm-hmm. geodetic charts and also looking at uh, sacred sites and where those sacred sites align along the geodetic planetary line grid in conjunction with someone's particular local space lines. And um, mm. been doing, yeah, so that's been pretty much eating up a lot of my time. And then, of course, I have a full workload of clients and um, retainer clients and, of course, doing my upcoming webinar. And uh, I will be also launching an archetypal course uh, starting tomorrow. It's a 12-week intensive archetypal astrology course. Wow. See, you're a guy who's going to benefit from this new page, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yes, I will. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, this is really going to be a good thing for all of us. Um, so, yeah, absolutely wonderful. Um, thank you for telling us all all that. Um, I think you are one of the best astrological teachers I know. You and I may disagree on a little bit of this or that or the other, but, man, when it comes to astrology, I really have to just um you know go all out and praise you for your depth of knowledge and the different astrological um systems that you encompass in uh, you know because astrology is like tarot lenormand and playing cards you say i read cards what you know astrology is the same it's like christianity Mm -hmm. what denomination are you but you encompass many many denominations of astrology and i really admire you for that um and I, you're good. You're really good. Thank, um, thank you very much, Kat. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. You're, it's, you're it's, fantastic. Thank you. I, you know, my approach is uh, multifaceted, and I, you know, I believe now in order to really be a successful in practitioner that helps clients make informed decisions, you really have to have an array of tools and techniques and perspectives psychological perspective, archetypal perspective. You have to understand, um, co- you know, the context, of course, of, of where a person is coming from. So you have, you have to have an understanding of the uh, secular factors at play as well. And then you've got to find uh, various different tools and techniques, and thank God there's software for all of this now, where we can see there's multiple correlations, uh, where we're using different techniques and approaches that, correlate and reconfirm uh, mm-hmm. when we make a judgment call on a particular outcome or, or a question. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on to what our panel discussion is, because this is kind yeah. of exactly what you were just talking about. Um, people who do root work, you know, they may go to the, the idea of, well, I work when I need it, or I may work by the moon phases, or I may work by the moon signs if they have an almanac. But um, but a lot of people say, oh, astrology is just too mathematical. Don't worry about it. This is really um, what Dane Rudier used to call the astrology of personality. This is, mm. this is the idea that um, different people resonate, and you can 
recognize which planet they are like. And you can use astrology to work your spells in such a way that they will be more effective. And you can also take advantage of or avoid dates on which um, astrological aspects are happening that are not copacetic with what you're doing or that are very much forwarding what you're doing. Now, Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to... um, Okay, I asked Shiva for the URL for the summer solstice chart, and I don't see that URL posted. Is it not going to be able to post in the uh, chat room? We have this new frickin' blog talk chat room. Um, Very yeah. funky mm-hmm. chat room. Okay, well, I don't know then. Yeah, how everyone's going to be able to look at this chart. Um, it's, it's, he says it's at the sign-up thread. Okay, well, we need to be able to see that darn chart. That's all I'm going to say. So, um, and I'm hoping it's in the, going to it's do it. In the, the uh, slideshow, it's in the slideshow as ah. well as in the, um, the sign-up thread, and um, I'll post the details about it in a moment as well. Okay. Yeah. I'm not seeing it in the slideshow, but I'm sliding here. I'm seeing oh, – oh, there it is. Okay. So – yeah, it is in the slideshow if you're in the chat room. It will be in the chat log if you're listening to this after the show is over. But if you're listen, if you're doing going um, live, scroll up at Blog Talk Radio to the slideshow and you will see it. Okay, thank you, Shiva. Okay, having said that, or you can do yeah, uh, Shiva said you can also bring it up at Astrolabe yourself. So Astrolabe is alabe.com or astrolabe.com. You you click on free chart, free birth chart. He gave you the um, universal uh, time, which is um, uh, Friday, June twenty first, two thousand and nine, at fifteen fifty four UTC, and um, that will bring it up and you can also bring it up for your own town he brought it the one we have here is for santa rosa california sorry for that sideline but we're going to talk about something that's visual and it's hard to do that on the radio okay so i'm going to just bring this in a little bit summer solstice of course is known as midsummer it is not the beginning of summer it is midsummer people Mm -hmm. think summer begins no no it's midsummer now our um understanding of how that works in astrology is Midsummer is the day that the sun enters the sign Cancer, zero zero Cancer zero zero. That's and at the moment that happens, that's the frozen moment we call the summer solstice of 2019. This summer solstice of 2019 will vary. The chart you will see will vary depending on where you are located. This one was erected for Santa Rosa, so we're showing Leo rising. But at other places, you may end up with something a little different than this chart. But disregarding what the rising sign is, okay, we're just going to look at the major aspects. And the major aspects that are shown here, one of which is that the sun is not making a lot of aspects. The sun is only making a very nice little sextile to Uranus. Now, Uranus is in Taurus, which we've talked about before on this show. And Uranus in Taurus is why that guy sent me that whole thing about solar flares, beware solar Mm -hmm. flares. (laughs) Um, Everyone's a little freaked about Uranus and Taurus, um, especially Tauruses. And, but, mm-hmm. but the sun is strengthening Uranus, so I don't have to do it today. I don't have to convert everything to paper today because the summer solstice looks good for Uranus. Um, there is a couple of really strong um, negatives, and one 
thing that I would also consider somewhat negative, William's looking on the bright side because he's a bright side kind of guy. But we do see that Venus is opposed to Jupiter and Jupiter's yeah. retrograde, and that's from Gemini to Sag, and they are both squared by Neptune and Pisces, which is retrograde yeah. in Pisces. So that's what's called a T-square. T that's not so pretty in my world, and the meaning of that is that there's going to be some issues around um, money and also possibly around chemicals, which I would say watch out for gas prices and other things like that. As far as beauty goes, um, yeah, you're going to have some difficulties. I would say we would find some people who are in the uh, celebrity class, Venus and Gemini, might be found with a little bit of problems with alcohol or chemicals at this time. Now, the other big thing on this chart, and this is the, the real screamer, is that Mars is conjunct Mercury. So Mars is um, metal. It's cars, trains, airplanes, all that metal-y stuff, m machinery. And Mercury is communication. Um, and it is, they are conjunct. And that is can be angry war words because Mercury is words, Mars can be war. And they are opposed to Saturn retrograde conjunct Pluto retrograde. Saturn is death and limitation, and Pluto is more death. And you look at that, and you could say angry words have been spoken and will be spoken. And we have been seeing this playing out. Um, I'm not going to go, you know, like full hog on, gee, war. But it is a kind of a warish kind of thing here, at least a war of words. Mm. And having said that, because I'm just going to, you know, I'm just giving my way of looking at it, I will say that there is a beautiful side effect of that, which is that Mars and Mercury are trying to Neptune. Some good folk songs will come out of the war of words, I'm sure. Some good music, something, uh, because it's in uh, Pisces, which is musical. But, um, but it also is a, a – there is some potential for harmony, but this is not a harmonious chart. Okay, I've spoken my piece. Now I'm going to turn it over to William, and he's going to disagree with me, but we're going to see how fun we can <laughs> – much fun we can have with our disagreement, okay? Take it away, William. <laughs> well, <clears throat> that was a good analysis, Kat. I, um, I would emphasize – now I'm looking at the chart of June 21st, 2019 at 11.53 a.m., daylight saving times in Washington, D.C., because the ah. traditional way of doing the snapshot for any type of equinox or solstice is taking the place of the capital, and that would basically set the archetypal ambient or mood of the country for the following three months. And uh, mm -hmm. what I noticed here, well, hold on, hold on. This that was wait, wait, wait. That was a really good thing you said, and I want to emphasize this because what we put up was a chart for where we live, and so this is a more personal chart. What I just described, and you are right. Doing it for Washington D.C. sets the tone for the nation. So anybody who heard him say that and didn't get it, he's right. Go ahead. Yeah. So what um. What I'm seeing here is that Venus is right on the midheaven and Jupiter right on the IC in exact mm -hmm. square alignment with Neptune right on the descendant. So it makes these three planets stand out significantly. They have, they have much more augmented power. In other words, the volume is pumped up on that configuration, on that Venus-Jupiter-Neptune yes. yes. configuration. So 
I mean, so on the upside of that, on the positive side, it definitely correlates with a sense of overflowing imagination, uh, a sense of uh, zany and mm. a lot of charm, uh, lush and exotic beauty, um, healthy spiritual ideals in one's relationships, uh, aesthetic, graceful refinement. Um, it's certainly, um, you know, qualities of kindness and compassion, uh, spiritual values in one's relationship life are going to be definitely mm. more prominent. On the negative side, we can see wholesale romantic confusion or deception and certainly a potential for insincerity and shallowness. Um, mm. And so, but I, I, I would happen to think since Venus is highly accentuated up on the midheaven, the probability of war, of an actual shooting conflict is neutralized. That's, mm-hmm. that's why I'm not forecasting war at least this summer. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Then, Right, yeah. And now, now to go to the war aspect of it, I can certainly understand what Kat's coming from with that Mercury Mars Pluto opposition. Right, you have Mercury Mars conjunct in opposition to the Saturn Pluto uh, conjunction. So that definitely uh, gives a, you know an obnoxiously loud and annoying voice, aggressive political posturing and opinions, you know, vulgarity, brutal profanity, extreme um, heretic schedules. All of that will come out very forcefully. We'll see that play itself out. Um, it's also going to be a tough few months for retail, for people in business, people who are very up. I tend to see that, um, believe it or not, Mercury has very much to do with exchange. So people are very cash-based businesses. Or seasonal businesses are going to get hit very hard. However, I don't see it um, – I don't see the country going into a full recession or anything like that or war full-blown, because of that Venus, Jupiter, Neptune, there'll be enough of the extend and pretend policies that will continue to hold the economy up in spite of itself, in spite of the declining fundamentals. And I still think people are going to go out, spend money, do Mm. what they want to do, what they normally do uh, during the season. I think we might see the last surge of um, seasonal spending, I believe the fall and winter are going to be a completely different story. So that's how mm. I'm seeing it. Interesting. Well, yeah, this is this is now I'm going to get cuz Ali is an astrologer also, but I do mm. like what you said about the Mercury is really being afflicted by Mars there and mm-hmm. by that opposition Mer- of the four planets in that double opposition, Mercury is mm-hmm. the loser. Right? Yeah. I mean, we all agree on that, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, especially Mercury in yeah. Cancer. I mean, uh, it's Mercury mm-hmm. in Cancer. It's just, uh, it's, yeah, so not so great. Um, and Jupiter is retrograde beside, which is also not so great for money. Um, Ali, what do you think? What do you see here? Well, it's interesting. I, I was actually saying in the chat room that you have uh, three different types of astrologers here uh, who come with their own kind of background, and all of that, all of us are doing. A valid astrology. We read charts differently and we interpret differently, and there'll be some overlap and some disagreement. And I think that's that's beautiful as part of the kind of diversity within astrological thought. So I come from a, a tradition that is rooted in, in a little bit more medieval uh, tradition, an Arabic tradition that adopted the outer planets much later and with a great deal of resistance. Uh, in fact, for mm-hmm. uh, a, lo- a lot of us kind of uh, medieval astrologers or those of us that work in the sort of Arabic tradition as well, we even don't read the outer planet in people's personal natal charts. 
will note it as a sort of generational force. We'll recognize that, okay, there's certain things, there's certain kind of influences that we have, but we don't spend a lot of time in the natal chart. Where they feature very prominently is in mundane astrology, that is kind of doing world events or, or examining what's going on politically, etc. And on the whole, I, I agree with both of you. I, I do think that uh, I agree with those readings. Where I would emphasize or where I would slightly differentiate is in a couple of the particulars. So uh, in Arabic astrology, we don't just read the solstice. We kind of read a couple of days before and after, and we look at things as in, in motion. So, for example, the Jupiter square Neptune for us is very clearly uh, about delusions and lies, but specifically at the state level, some form of abuse of authority, Jupiter representing, of course, here, uh, some type of leader or whatnot. So, again, mine is less about what's going on in people's personal life and much more what would be going on in the sort of mundane political world, lies, abuse of authority. The Mercury opposing Saturn, that, again, really reinforces for me that authority figures, deception with authority figures, resistance with authority figures, uh, inability to tell the truth. Then you have, of course, uh, Mars opposing Pluto. And here's where I, I side with you. This is simmering, ready to boil over war. So for me, when I read this chart, I don't read it as a chart of war. I read these charts as, a, uh, as an indication that tensions are increasing. Uh, not full-out war, but there's still very much uh, tension, and there's very much uh, a reality of destruction being possible. Um, what this indicates here is that You'll have strife, you'll have conflict, you'll have saber rattling, you'll have, um, especially with that Mercury conjunct Mars, that's classical saber rattling. Um, but what this mm -hmm. also tells us is when you say, for example, uh, gas, oil, metals, I mean, that's Mars, Pluto, Neptune, those are the oil tankers that are being blown up in the uh, Strait of Hormuz mm -hmm. right now, right? Mm -hmm. This is increased mm -hmm. tensions right. with Iran. Literal oil tankers have already been blown up exactly within this time period, and mm -hmm. it has increased uh, the desire for war, or at least the, the pretense for increased hostilities. Not outright war. I highly doubt that the summer will, will indicate full-on war. We may be wrong, but definitely increased hostilities. But the lies are also coming to the top. Japan and Germany very clearly have indicated that this likely wasn't just the Iranian pirates blowing up, but that there was... Uh, deception involved here. The other component for me that's really important, and that is Neptune in retrograde in Pisces, which starts on the 21st. Uh, in classical Arabic astrology, this actually has a name. It's called zulm, which means oppression, and it almost always indicates some type of religiously justified oppression, religious persecution, uh, some type of, of, of uh, conflict that has either a religious or spiritual component to it and there's always one of unequalness so it's not uh, two people fighting but a more powerful force oppressing a minority marginal smaller force so the mercury retrograde in Pisces very classical Arabic zulm oppression tyranny religious persecution on the horizon uh, and undergoing right now you mean Nep Neptune retrograde in Pisces Neptune yeah Neptune retrograde yeah Pisces yeah you said Neptune mercury but you meant Neptune I got, oh, yeah, I got yeah, that Neptune, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going to say something else because we're all kind of dancing around the same thing, war of words, but it's not so much an actual blowing things up war, but there is definitely deceptive words is a good way to put it, yeah. too. I'm, I, I, it's very interesting to me to see how each one of us sees this differently and yet the same. I do have to say one thing. When you said 
ignore the outer planets. Now, but then you modify that to say that on a mundane chart or world chart, you would mm-hmm. include the outer planets. But if you read this chart with no outer planets, mm-hmm. it would the sun would be making no aspect. Yep. And that is bizarre. Okay? That's mm-hmm. bizarre. For mm-hmm. the summer solstice, for the sun to make no aspect. So that, I just went and took it and I wiped it out in my mind looking at the chart. And I'm going, whoa, that would be rather uncool. Um, Very. It would also blow, it would blow away that the, the T-square wouldn't be there. And it would mm-hmm. reduce the potency of that double uh, opposition because Pluto wouldn't be there. Just saying, it's yeah. a different way of looking at a chart. It's a valid yeah. way. One of the ways that I was taught to read mundane charts by a guy who taught me named Gavin Arthur was he said... Um, what would a person born on this day be like? Would they live a long and happy life? Mm. And then you're not actually predicting their life, 80 years of their life or whatever, but you're just looking at what would you say to this person born on this day? Because he loved natal astrology. Mm -hmm. And so I look at this, what would I say to a person born on this day? I'd say be very careful in how you speak and how aggressive you are. Mm-hmm. Difficult to a difficult chart. Um, yeah. I also am very grateful for you, William, for bringing up the economic aspects of this, and I'd like you to talk a little bit about that more. I'm, I'm going to go just a little sideways politically. I don't know if you all follow the news. I know that Ollie does, mm. but President Trump just recently tweeted that if he were not to be re-elected in 2020, he believes that there would be a stock market crash of the likes Mm -hmm. of which we've never seen. Mm. Now, I take that as an untruth by just speaking, but it is an example of speaking words of war, if you see what I'm saying. It's speaking something that is in which the words themselves are a threat. If you don't elect me... You will all lose all of your livelihood. It'll be worse than the Great Depression or the Great Recession. That's a very odd thing for a candidate for president to say. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's some influence here. So I, I know, um, William, what do you think about the economics of this situation? Well, I think the bigger issue has to do with the trade war, this intellectual property. The trade issue. war, yes. Yeah. Yes, the Chinese-American trade war is gone from anabolic to parabolic, and I, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's really about intellectual domination is the core of that power struggle, and I believe that we're just going to get worse and worse, especially as we get to the July eclipse. I think something um, very definitive will come out of that uh, in terms of, um, you know, I, I don't think it's like, I don't think they're likely to broker a, a deal which is something Trump's looking mm-hmm. to do, but at the same time, he's put his line in the sand. However, the Chinese economy is imploding. That is the mm-hmm. big issue. That's, that's the best-kept secret that the financial news media doesn't want you to know. And most Americans are clueless, and they don't believe, including most financial advisors, don't believe the Chinese economy mm-hmm. is going to have any impact on most people's income or 401K or jobs, and that could be the furthest, furthest thing from the truth. So I believe that the blowback or the implications, the downside ramifications of the trade war is going to start hitting everybody and everything. And I believe the plausible deniability by the mainstream media 
and the financial media is going to fade, you know, is going to break apart. So I think there's much more troubling news than what I'm seeing in Iran. I think it's more of the same. They're trying to get the price of oil up. They've got to get it up to $60 or we're moving into recession. We have the yield curve, uh, the um, treasury, the bond yield curve has inverted, mm-hmm. and that means we're only 100 and um, we're about 107 days away from recession. That's exactly the time when Jupiter enters the Capricorn on December 2nd and will be in applying triple conjunction with Saturn-Pluto. So, you know, I think the fundamentals are weakening, but there's enough extended pretend out there, and there's a lot enough public sentiment where people believe they can just rack up some more money on their credit card and buy things they don't need and do the summer, you know, the summer seasonal um, celebration thing. And I think this is the last hurrah. I think this summer is going to be the last hurrah summer for the next several years. So you're 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 predicting an economic downturn. Yes, but you're not going to feel it unless you're someone like me that sees the numbers and you're seeing the corporate mm-hmm. numbers. The corporate number sales are declining. So what does Apple Computer do? They buy more of their stock back. They they borrow zero mm-hmm. percent interest and they buy more of their stock back. So people, and meanwhile their iPhone eight sales and my iPhone ten or whatever their new iPhone keeps dropping, dropping, dropping. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of keeping the applied perception management going, both in the mainstream media and in the financial media. And there's just enough of a belief that this is all going to roll over when something else more nasty is emerging. So this is the issue of deception going on. Yeah, yeah. I I understand that. It, you're talking about the camouflaging what's going on by corporate stock buybacks to keep up appearances. Correct. Correct. Now I Correct. I have I, yeah I have something else to say about this because um, Nina Carmen Monroe asked how long are we looking at here mm, and we've yes. already mentioned that there's going to be this eclipse coming up and then this Jupiter effect that you were talking about so we are talking about a sort of a three month period but there's going to be little points that are that happen if you really want to study astrology you kind of have to check in daily or at least once a week to mm-hmm. kind of keep au courant with what's happening and these effects are wide ranging they are not necessarily going to affect every individual person mm-hmm. and what we're looking here especially of course now i'm coming from a 20th century astrology not medieval with pluto involved we're talking about the great mass of people of the earth mm-hmm. and so that to me is not as individual as it might be so the, this is a wide ranging thing i also want to say another thing about the um try the trade war the china trade war this is um, actually having an effect on people that I know, on my clients, for instance, and yeah. I I see it happening, so I know it's happening, um, especially with people who are uh, truck drivers and um, who deal with, like, at the ports. I have clients who you know live oh. in ports like L.A., New York. They're doing um, short-haul trucking, but there is nothing more coming in from China for them to truck down to the stores that mm-hmm. used to sell the stuff. So once it kicks from the retailer down to the truck driver, now we're hitting a, a second level of impact. And I just wanted to say that to make sure that everyone understands this trade war is difficult, and it's not being resolved really quickly. So that's part of this chart. Gosh, I could have talked about this for a whole lot longer, but we do have some <laughs> readings coming up. 
I would have. I wish I had. Uh, I, I probably would have just said, "Let's keep talking," but but we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do some readings. All right. Um, oh, Shiva said, "Will we be blasting past the first client? We can. Let's be sure we know. If so, you can. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Nakashiva. <laughs> Let's blast past the first client because, or the second one will not be picked up. This is really." important topic and i i really it's one of those things it's so timely mm-hmm. i really want to go into it a little more, more detail okay can we just yeah. are we all agreed good all right I'm fine with good it. we haven't even talked about the moon in aquarius <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so the moon in aquarius is is trying that uh, venus in gemini moon in aquarius i happen to have that on my chart so the moon in aquarius is about um funneling your emotions into sometimes more technical skills. You know, like I'm an HTML coder, you know. <laughs> well, when I have an emotion, I I put it in in writing online. Um, but it is trying to Venus in Gemini. So there really is going to be some beauty coming about. And I think this is what William was talking about a little bit earlier. The, um, the opposition between Venus and Jupiter is softened by the fact that it's a trine plus a sextile as opposed to two squares. And so the moon is then trying to Jupiter retrograde. There is some sort of giving here with Jupiter retrograde, giving without recompense because Jupiter retrograde doesn't make much money. But there is some um, some good um, technological stuff on the way as well. What do you have to say to that, um, to William? Well, I think the moon in Aquarius, an aspect to, let me just make sure I'm looking at the right chart here. <laughs> so we have moon in Aquarius and aspect, what is uh, 18, 18? I have the moon at 18 degrees of Aquarius, right? Mm-hmm. So, oh, oh, moon, yes, and oh, Venus so at 15. Yes, right. And, 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 so and Venus Jupiter, at 15. Right. Um, so the moon at 18 Aquarius direct sextile to Jupiter in, in Sagittarius. And I think that's very nice. I think that's like definite feelings of um, uh, vivacity, aliveness, spontaneity, independence, originality, individuation. I think it's, it, it definitely stimulates and excites emotional freedom. People are going to have some type of awakening of their inner life at some level. Um, I think it's all, you know, I think it's a very positive theme. And I think it has to do with um, – you know, with Jupiter, there are wide-ranging emotional experiences, mm-hmm. positive and life-supporting human values. I think people's values are going to shift more to the home, um, more to the, you know, uh, uh, more of a, to a cultured or a more of a to an uh, in, enlivening home life. So, uh, I, I think that's that's a very positive factor in the chart. We can't discount. Yeah, um, you know, um, I, 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 yeah. I just I want to jump in. I want to jump in on something like this. Again, this is how I was taught to read things. There's two ways to do an opposition: the good way and the hard way. And this opposition runs both ways. Um, Venus and Jupiter are, are opposed. You can't get away from that. They are both squared by Neptune, but one is a trine and one is a sextile to the Moon. And uh, for anybody who's learning astrology, this is unusual because now you've got both the hard way and the good way. So when you have the hard way with Neptune, but you have the good way with the moon, um, and Neptune is in Pisces, which can stand for um, 
getting high and um, and expressing your your aesthetics, your your Venus, through you know being kind of ripped and you know just kind of going for it and 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 visionary and all. But the Moon in Aquarius is much more technological, and so I would say if you had a choice in this three month period of expressing your aesthetics and your love of mankind by you know getting high. Or, or working on your website, work on your website. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree that uh, I would even say that even applies more so, although I totally agree, with even social media. Work on developing a Instagram and uh, social media strategy that includes Instagram along with Facebook in terms of developing mm-hmm. your business, greater outreach, greater networking, et cetera. Mhm. Yeah, exactly. That's the, exactly. Moon and Aquarius love social media. That's a very good way to put it. Um, and it, it, spend less time composing that elaborate musical piece while you're high. <laughs> all right. I'm just saying. There's two ways to run that opposition. That's all. Now, um, right. There's also. We're, we're not even done with this thing yet. There's also um, a, 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 what, what I like to call an imaginary aspect. Um, this is an, an aspect to the north node of the moon, which I have at 17, Cancer. And it is um, uh, quincunx to the moon in, at 19 Aquarius and quincunx to Jupiter at 18 Sag. And they are then are, of course, logically sextile to each other. So this makes this long, narrow isosceles triangle, which some people call the finger of God and uh, or a double quincunx. But it's an imaginary aspect because the moon's north node is a calculated point. There is no planet there. So and But it's interesting because the moon is the moon's north node and the moon is involved, which is interesting. So I look at that and I think, okay, so where does the opposite of that work out? Where's the south node? Uh-oh, the south node is always opposite the north node. Therefore, the south node is at 17 degrees Capricorn, and it's right smack on that Saturn, which is part of the Saturn-Pluto, blah, 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 blah. So this north node partakes of it all. And you end up with this isosceles triangle with a line going through it. So it looks like a, the head of an arrow uh, with, the sh- with the beginning of the shaft of the arrow. Now, when you have that format, that, that shape, um, the part that's at the back of the arrow, the part that's on the shaft of the arrow, is the part that causes the difficulties. And it is a very, this is, a, again, this is emphasizing that this, is more than just these four planets in opposition, you know, in two pairs in conjunction and two pairs in conjunction in opposition. But with that north node added in, now we have that finger of God pattern. Now, that's an Arabic pattern, and the north node is an Arabic part. So I'm going to throw this over to Ali. Ali, what do you think of this? Just give me, like, come back to me in one minute because I'm, I'm calculating an Arabic part myself right now. So let me calculate <laughs> right. this and I'll get back to you. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, then it gives me some time to get some of the people who are not familiar with Arabic parts. Arabic parts are calculated points that are made by adding and subtracting the position of actual planets and sometimes parts. They were they're like derivatives in the stock market. That's the best way I can describe them. 
we're, the one that we're most familiar with is called the part of fortune. Um, but there are many, many of these parts, and no, the north nodes of the moon are, uh, although they're not Arabic parts per se, they are calculated points. All right, Ali, are you done? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm actually, I was uh, calculating a particularly esoteric, if you will, Arabic part that most people don't know about, and it's known as the uh, part of rulers or the part of bureaucrats. Um, which is mm-hmm. uh, taking uh, the Ascendant plus Mars minus Mercury. It's a way of kind of, it, it, or sometimes it's also done by Sun plus uh, the Mars minus Mercury. And it's what it does is it basically gives us a kind of a soft point on the chart, and it lands on Gemini uh, 28 degrees, 28 minutes. And what uh, Gemini uh, showing up as the administrator is actually a very negative sign, and it reinforces something that we said earlier, and that is that communication in particular during this particular time period, uh, that is starting with the solstice and continuing for about three months, that communication during this time um, is is problematic, and that you're going to see a tension between um, social connections, that there will be doublespeak, if you will, in the administrative level of a state, that there will be doublespeak in the financial uh, language that has been discussed, you'll have people say, oh, our economy looks like this, when in reality it actually looks something differently. So Gemini falling as a as sort of part of rulers or the part of bureaucrats is a, is a very problematic uh, part of fortune, and it, it, it reinforces a sort of breakdown of communication, but one that doesn't stem from, you know, uh, just the weather it doesn't just stem from technological failures. This isn't Mercury and retrograde types failure, but instead deliberate misdirection, deliberate double speak. So a part of administrator, I always check the 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 uh, part of bureaucrats just whenever I see this kind of boiling up tension. Whenever I see deception, especially when you see the kind of uh, you know Mars opposing kind of Pluto, uh, Mercury conjuncting Mars. Whenever I kind of see that. I'm like, all right, well, what are the bureaucrats doing? What are they doing behind the scenes? And this indicates that there's a lot of doublespeak, a lot of falsifying of information, presenting one thing and holding something back. Well, this goes exactly to what William was talking about, the idea that um, economic downturns are being camouflaged by stock Mm. buybacks and also by underreporting or non-reporting on China's actual uh, economic difficulties. Is that correct, William? Would you say that those two correspond yeah, to one ab- another? Absolutely. I would think the other third factor is the Deutsche Bank situation, where Deutsche Bank, which is which has forty three point five trillion in derivatives, is now down to six dollars and eighty one cents a share, a share now. So. It's on the verge of collapsing, and it is five times the size of Lehman. So uh, mm. one, uh, one, yeah. So, so here's the problem: we have potential time bombs, right, on a large scale that are imploding. But the perception, the applied perception management by the financial media, is presenting something very different, like that deception, right? And what's really happening for people who are really, you know, who have skin in the game and who understand a spreadsheet and, and, don't, and go to alternative news sources for their, uh, for their information, right? 
they are seeing something very dire. And I believe this eclipse coming up is, is the culmination because that eclipse, mm. right, is going to be hitting that nasty Saturn-Pluto nodal complex. So it's going to be good times, right? Good times are back. You're going to see this Venus, Jupiter, uh, Neptune, Moon in Aquarius, right? Really nice. Everything's good. Steady as it goes. And meanwhile, the news is horrific. And yet at the same time, there'll be this need by, you know, this double speak. And, I'm, and it's not just Trump. We're talking on a, on a systemic level of trying to keep the perception that we've got this under control. So it could happen in Europe with Deutsche Bank. Uh, we, could ha- we could see that online, especially $45 trillion of derivatives getting invoked and in the OTC mm-hmm. market. We could see it with the collapse of the shadow banking system. We've already seen two Chinese banks go into receivership. This was big news, but you didn't see it on CNBC. You didn't see it on Fox News. You didn't see it on anything, right? So mm. uh, what I'm saying here is that it's happening, and we're seeing the biggest thing has to do with the fact that when you see the yield curve, right, when you see the uh, bond yield curve in birth, that has always predicted a recession almost every time that it it, that it's occurred since 1945, within 100 days, mm. 107 days. Wow. So wow. it's coming. All right. And I believe the yeah. eclipse will be the, will be the turning point. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something about that eclipse again. My, the eclipse is on July 2nd. Is that correct? Yes. Is that when the eclipse is? July 2nd. Okay. So what we're talking about now is a three-month period, but now we have this, we're throwing into the mix like a spanner in the works, this eclipse comes up on July 2nd. Now, the eclipse does not play out, and again, I'm speaking here as a teacher, the eclipse does not play out against the chart we're showing you now, because by July 2nd, Mercury will have moved on, Mars will have moved on. But what William just says is it does play out against the Saturn-Pluto node because those are slow-moving planets. Venus will have moved on. In other words, this sets something in motion, but it's everything's in motion at once. This chart does not stay fixed, and then the eclipse happen on this chart. But you can um, watch the trends. When you learn to watch charts, and again, I'm trying to teach people this as we go along, the fast-moving planets are not as relevant to the long-term economic things. They may be the day that the bank crashes or something like that. They may set that off. But they're going to move on and go on to their next go-round. They're like little social butterflies. Um, especially um, Venus and Mercury because they they move much, very fast. And the Moon, of course, which is like just spinning around. Mars also moves fairly fast. It's when we get to the heavier planets where these things lock in and stay in. So, for instance, Uranus and Taurus is locked in of slowly moving through Taurus for seven-year period. Uh, Saturn and Pluto, Saturn moves faster than Pluto, but right now it's behind Pluto. It's at 18 and Pluto's at 22. So Saturn's just going to grind its way slowly through that Pluto node. So that's what William is talking about. When the eclipse happens, it'll be a different chart. Okay? All right. Now I'm sure someone has... Okay. I just wanted to finish on that. I think the sun entering cancer, right, on the 21st, 
is the buildup mm-hmm. or the prelude to the fugue to the eclipse. So I believe we're going to start really feeling it, and it's going to be an extreme in both ways, right? There's going to be a lot of people feeling really good about Fourth of July, going out, doing, seeing family and spending money mm-hmm. and enjoying themselves, and then there's going to be the whole other side of it, right, with the economics and other factors in, in terms of personal issues coming to a head as well. Okay, Shiva asked a question. What should I do about this issue? Social media campaigns, who do remediation? Um, and that's a good point. What do we do when we see something like this? Well, we did talk about uh, social media and, and and doing things that are artistic, that are fun, that are uplifting, because mm. what what Ollie points out in that, that thing, what he said about the part of the bureaucrat, and what William pointed out in talking about the Chinese banks going into receivership, and it's not even reported in America, and um, the stock buybacks, we cannot influence those larger economic and political trends. They're out of our hands at this time. Um, this is not a time to go take to the streets. Do what you can to enjoy where you are um, is what is the advice that I would give. Um, pray for peace. You always pray for peace. <laughs> yeah. I would also say that, especially given everything that we've seen here, is carrying a good mojo bag that filters out deception and lies would be useful during this time period as, you know, a little bit of salt, uh, bay leaves, a deer's tongue, put in a mojo bag, uh, can act as a very powerful protector uh, that can help filter out deception, lies, manipulation, untruths, uh, people that are bringing bad shit into your life. You carry that mojo bag with you. And then doing work uh, to address some of the things in your personal life, uh, William was talking about, for example, the financial component. You can talk. You can do work to ensure that your finances are in order. That you know where your investments are at. You know what your portfolio looks like. You can do magic to protect your wealth, to protect your uh, savings. To do, uh, you know, a, a variety of different things you can do to personalize it. You may not be able to change what's going on at the sort of public level or maybe at the, the world event level, but you can certainly ensure that you can mitigate some of those influences in your personal life. Protection, clarity, uh, uh, as well as uh, some uplifting and positive works for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Shiva yeah. mentioned world peace and clarity, and, and I agree with those. Deer's tongue bay leaves, and you had said some other um, herb, and I missed it. Salt. Salt, deer's tongue, salt, and beans of course, is my salt, go-to. Salt, 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 Okay. Okay. Very mm. good. Um, that That is a good way to work. I also would, as I said, light a candle for um, for world peace because, you know, people bombing tankers is not such a nice thing. I mean, that, the, 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 this is a, you know, that's a road mm. sign that points to some bad shit. <laughs> so so we, we want to get everyone back, calm them down as much as we can. All right, guys, this was great. I really enjoyed I love talking astrology. I hope we didn't um, have everybody in the chat room going, what the heck were they talking about? But um, there's a lot here, and um, we could do a whole astrology show. All right, we've got a reading coming in, and um, this is going to be Christine, so I'm going to turn this over to Papa Newt. Support for this programming is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com and by the Association of Independent Readers and Reworkers, 
Air, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the, our phones and take our caller for the evening. And our, call for, our caller is calling in from area code 480 in Arizona. This is Christine. Christine, are you there? Hi. Yes, I'm here. Hi. Welcome to the show. I see you're a first-time caller. Thank you for entrusting us with your situation this evening. Thanks. And you're welcome. Now, I see that you have not had any private readings with Contraman Ali or Miss Cat, or have gone to any other readers or root workers on this particular situation. Is that correct? That's correct. Thank you. And, and she writes, I believe I have a karmic tie to my daughter's father and his mother. We're long separated, and he's no longer in my life. But over the course of 10 plus years, she has constantly tried to attack me, plus take control of my daughter. She, she has stalked my social media, and I've had to constantly block her. I have joint custody with father, and she uh, attempts to turn her, the daughter against me unsuccessfully. Turn it back to you, Miss Cat. Okay. Uh, all those pronouns confuse me, but you mean the father's mother, correct? Correct, yes. Got it. Yeah, it was like I thought, how could your father turn the father turn into a she? But I got it. It's the father's <laughs> yeah. mother. Okay. Yeah. Well, pronoun, pronouns are so confusing. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to do um, uh, two readings, and we're going to give you some root work. So I'm going to do the first reading. William will do the second reading, and Ali will okay. give you the root work. Okay. So okay. Um, I know you're you're actually primarily looking for some sort of a a plan. So when I do the reading, I'm going to be looking at this from the standpoint of view of what can be done. Okay. Mm-hmm. The first okay. card is called the nine the nine of wands. The nine of wands shows a person who's been hurt, hit on the head, has a bandage around the head, is leaning on a staff, and behind them are uh, eight more staffs, like palings in a fence, and they're looking over their um, shoulder kind of warily, like they're afraid there'll be a new attack. This is the card of the past, and it may mean that the worst attacks were mm-hmm. in the past already, but you're still maintaining a great deal of vigilance. Um, yeah. It can be a card we associate with PTSD, and I don't necessarily mean that in terms of um standard mundane PTSD, but spiritual PTSD, where you were attacked Mm -hmm. and now you're like, oh my gosh, is this going to end? This card Mm -hmm. is the nine. And um, and it usually, if if we're looking at times and and things like that, um, you can say that it represents a long period of time, not just a, a short thing that's easily, quickly resolved. Now, mm-hmm. you said here 10 plus years, and the reason I mentioned that the nine is the nine is the next card I got is the ten of wands. And the ten of wands is a card that shows a person carrying a heavy burden for 10 years. This is the card of the present. And mm-hmm. so the attacks may be ceasing, but you're still carrying the effects of it at the 10-year point, right? 
Mm-hmm. So that's a. This says to me that this has been a very difficult thing. It certainly tells me that you were attacked, you were hurt. The effects have been set in motion that have been very, very difficult for you. Not, not good at all. Mm-hmm. And the third card is a card that is a little bit more hopeful, and it's a, a card that's a bit more philosophical. It's the card of temperance. So this speaks to the karmic link between two people. It's an angel holding two golden goblets and pouring water from one to the other, and it, they just pour straight into each other and no, nothing spills. This means that these two people have a shared heart, uh, cups represent hearts, or shared mind, mm-hmm. the contents of the mind. There is something between the two of you that is not finished. Now, of course, you do have a child, and the mm-hmm. child has a a place in both of your hearts, but it is something that you are actually bound as you thought with this person. The card is also called the interrupted journey because there's a trail or path that leads down to the water. The water washes across the path, and then at the other side of the water, you can take up the path again. And Mm -hmm. in the water, we see the angel standing with one foot on land and one foot in the water up to about the ankles. So this says you have a difficult time and you're going through it, but it will get better because in time, whatever has been causing this problem, which I do believe is probably the um, the man's mother, the attacks mm-hmm. will have ceased and um, you will be able to resolve this. Don't blame okay. him or the child for those attacks. But this also says to me that naturally speaking, the time of this problem may be coming to an end. The Mm -hmm. attacks may be, you know, if you keep calm. Now, I'm going to mention um, a plant that's on my images of the card in the Rider-Waite-Smith is a iris flower, which is also known in hoodoo as Queen Elizabeth root and is a root of the power of women. So this would say, Heal yourself. The angel is Raphael, the healer, and empower yourself. Don't mm-hmm. be a victim. That you've carried this burden a long time, but it's the future shows the burden will go away. And when the burden washes away through that stream of water, you will see that you still do have that link to the man. It it will mm-hmm. not necessarily mean that you'll get back together and live happily ever after, but you will have a bond where you will care for each other, support one another. Um, and and it really, you've called us almost at the end of the problem. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to turn this over to William. Uh-oh, is William there? Hello, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. So um, I have a question. Is are you on the process of trying to, in the process of trying to make a decision about? what your next step in terms of dealing with this is? Like a something you sort of put off, but you mm-hmm. didn't want to do, to, you didn't want to push that button, so to speak? To be honest, um, my uh, I'm 29, and I'm a Capricorn, mm. so it felt like yep. <laughs> it felt like these past years have just been so tumultuous and kind of miraculously right at the beginning of my Saturn return a flip something's changed it's like 
I met a wonderful man. I'm in a brand new house. <laughs> Things are going my way. I there's definitely I feel like there's this light at the end of the tunnel that I've reached. But mm-hmm. what I'm still most concerned with is that with my daughter's situation, um, like I said prior, um, my daughter's dad and I share joint custody, and that's never been a problem with us. And to be quite honest, I've never really had um, any problems with him and I have been long past, but his mother, it's, it's like she's always thought that my daughter is her daughter, like she has some claim over my child, and it's just been these, like, ceaseless trying to stalk me on social media and she's done numerous other things that I won't go into, but um, mostly what I'm concerned with is um, I'm wanting to actually change my daughter's school right now. And um, I'm in the process of um, moving, um, not out of state or anything, still in the vicinity, but I know that the school change process it's going to be a okay, honey, I got to cut and, this off because you're not going to get a yeah. reading if you keep on talking. So stop now. Yeah. Thank you. Now let's let William do a reading on this. Sure. Yeah, okay. So basically, the reason I asked that was I saw you on the verge of of being coerced through a series of, you know, problematic circumstances, right? Mm-hmm. Where yeah. you needed to do the very thing you know that will change the situation. Improve the improve the situation for you and your daughter, and to neutralize right the situation between you and your former mother-in-law. So it's looking like you need to make that move. You need to get mm-hmm. her transferred into that school. Um, there's mm-hmm. some other changes you can do as well. I'm sh- I'm sure uh, Tanjiman Ali will give magical solutions in terms of making strengthening strengthening the bo- uh, the bond between you and your daughter and lessening the bond between your daughter and your uh, former mother-in-law. So uh, I believe that's what we're seeing here. With the Saturn return, right, it's an important period because it's the emergence of psychological adulthood and you get a clean Mm -hmm. slate, but it requires that you take action, that you follow through. Mm -hmm. You're more in a position of strength and taking a leadership role in terms of setting the narrative of your life more than any other time. And it's really a period where you have to cultivate an unshakable resolve at this point. And, um, you know, I'm seeing you coming through with this. I'm seeing the situation changing after the eclipse. Uh, something is going to shift that, that may have to do with your initial uh, action. And then within 48 days, I see the situation actually improving. So okay. it, it, I believe you're moving into a different phase of things here. And I, you know, so there's all upside on this. I don't see anything where this is going to go on and on and it's going to undermine your relationship and undermine your lifestyle. I don't see that happening. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So a shift is coming and this kind of goes with what I said. I think you called us just at the moment. This has already begun to flip because Mm -hmm. that last card, Temperance is part of healing and walking on, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what, yeah. what uh, William is talking to. Let's let's bring in Ollie, and he's going to give you some root work advice. Yeah, I, I just want to emphasize there that um, you, in terms of timing, Cat was right on the money. This is, you know, you, 
you know, your Saturn return is ending, things are transitioning and, and moving uh, in a different direction. So that you're, you're right there. I don't sense that you need a lot of intense uh, root work. You're not going to require, you're not going to war. In other words, you're not going to mm-hmm. do a lot of work. But what you are going to do is do something that ensures the sort of um, weakening of the hold that the mother has and the strengthening of the hold that you have. So here's what I recommend. I want you to take a photo, um, one where that includes a picture of, that has you in it, your child in it, and um, the child's father, and then a separate photo of his mother, of the person who is meddling, okay? So you have two mm-hmm. separate photos, one of the family, right? Even if it's not you getting back together, you've got this other thing going on, but rather mm-hmm. is an, an indication of, of a new sort of family, right? A co-parenting mm-hmm. or whatnot. So you take that, you, that's going to be representative, uh, represented in the photo. You're going to take, you're also going to need a, a picture frame. I want you to get a nice sturdy picture frame that is going to last a while. You are going to make mm-hmm. a small paper packet. In that paper packet, you're going to take out a small piece of paper, not a big one, write out Psalm 23, fold this up, place it into the packet. It could be a small little envelope, uh, you know, the kind of uh, small envelopes that you get for uh, the note, the, you know, the, the, the uh, kind of notaries or the small notes that you send, the thank you notes, etc. Those small envelopes mm-hmm. work perfectly fine. You can find this at any type of uh, of, of the store that deals with papers or stationery or anything of that sort. Um, you're going to mm-hmm. place the Psalm 23 in there. You're going to sprinkle a little bit of rosemary, a pinch of blood root. You're not going to take the whole root, just a little bit of it. You can grind it up into a powder if you'd like. Uh, a pinch of basil, a bit of motherwort, uh, uh, some Queen Elizabeth root powder as well. This is to ensure peace harmony to ensure that you have the upper hand and to strengthen the bonds between all of you. You're going to take your picture frame and place it facing down so that the glass is down. You'll put your photo, the photo that you like, down first. So that'll be the photo that's facing outward. You're then going to put your little packet that you've made, the little envelope. You're going to place that right on top. Then I want you to take a separate piece of paper, cut it in the exact uh, proportions of the picture frame. You are going to write out entirely Psalm 91. You are then going Mm -hmm. to dust this piece of paper. You're going to dust this piece of paper with protection powder. You're going to put this paper on top of the photo and the packet with Psalm 91 facing away so that you were looking at it while everything else was face down. You were then going to take her photo. You're going to take a black marker, and you're going to cross out her eyes, and you're going to cross out her mouth. Mm-hmm. You will place this on top of the paper of Psalm 91 facing upwards. Okay, so everything's facing down, minus Psalm 91 and uh, this picture of her. On top of this picture, you're going to put another small little packet, small little envelope that you have filled with alum powder. You're going to then put the back of the picture frame on so that when you stand this out, your picture is facing you. Your picture is out, uh, uh, visible for all to see, while Psalm 91 mm-hmm. and her 
are faced against the back of the frame and no one can see it. You are going to take uh, peaceful home and blessing oil and you're going to anoint the four corners of this. In this way, you are not eliminating the mother entirely. You're not driving her into the pits of hell, but you're also removing mm-hmm. <laughs> her power entirely. You're saying you can no longer see, you can no longer speak, I have silenced your tongue, and there is a wall of protection ordained by God himself between me and my family and you. This is a powerful way of ensuring that the bonds all remain without tearing apart a family, but also Mm -hmm. giving you the upper hand, bringing peace into your home, and ensuring that you no longer have to deal with this sneaky and conniving person who is going behind your back and trying to undermine your relationship. You can light Mm -hmm. white candles once a week in front of this picture. You can keep it up in your home, anoint it once a month at least with the oils, pray over it. It is your protective talisman that will ensure that your family stays together while also protecting it from uh, the kind of gossip and slippery talk uh, and backstabbing of this other person. I don't sense you need a lot of heavy other work. The only other thing I would recommend is after this, do some strong cleansing work. Clean yourself, Mm -hmm. do some spiritual bathing for yourself and your home, uh, especially if you're going to be moving. When you go to the new place, don't take uh, your old broom or old salt with you. Get new broom, a new new salt. Sprinkle your house with peaceful uh, home uh, powders. Uh, You can also sprinkle it with peace water. All ways of ensuring that you filter out the nonsense, leave it behind, both in terms of the shift in your life as well as spiritual. This is my recommendation. Uh, I hope it's useful to you. Let's see if William and Miss Cat have any adjustments to make. But I sense that this will this will be the right working for you. Okay. This is very you. very good very good work. The only thing that I do a little different than Ollie. And I would have that picture of her, rather than a packet of alum, I tend to dissolve alum in hot water, very little water, as little as will dissolve it, and then soak her, you know, dip her picture into it till her picture, and then let it dry, and then dip it again, and you'll end up with her picture all crusty with alum, and I would do it that Uh way. That's just the only difference. But you'll end up with something all crumbly, Mm. weird looking, and you want to be sure that it doesn't um, make your picture look all funky on the front. But that's, I I like Uh to, to get them soaked in the alum. Alum is to shut them up. But a packet would work uh, just okay. 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 Um how about you, William? Do you have anything to add? I would actually do the ritual on the day of the eclipse. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. <laughs> mm, timing wise. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That would probably be very helpful. <laughs> yeah. Right. Wow, that's that's pretty good. Um yeah, that's a that's a, a good time. You know, people say don't do anything during the eclipse, but, but unless you want to remove something, <laughs> that's a good thing to remove. Yes. And I and I really um, congratulate Ali also because the idea is not to cause this woman to suffer and die, but mm-hmm. simply to right. remove her power from the situation and leave the power. Um, now you also have this new lover, and he was not mentioned. And I would, if I could, get a picture of you and the child and um, the new lover, and maybe mm. just do a little blessing uh, picture yeah. around that, too. Okay? Yeah. So it's a different family. It's a different thing. All right. Well, that was pretty interesting. Thank you very much, guys, for your help in helping this client. All right. Um, we're going to 
take this away with the um, fabulous technical network schedule announcement with Bouncing Electrons. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6, Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays 4 to 5, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with William Stick Evers of williamstickevers.com in Las Vegas, Nevada. Take it away, William. Yes, yeah, so based on looking at this very powerful. Uh, solstice ingress chart, I came up with a midsummer oil lamp spell for personal empowerment, youthful vitality, abundant creativity, and living life with passion. And what you will need is an oil lamp with lamp oil, sufficient amount of lamp oil for three days, the Orphic Hymn to the Sun, and the following six tarot cards. Uh, the first card would be the Emperor card to be in a position of strength and taking a leadership role. The second would be the Empress card to welcome lavish abundance of all kinds and having more than enough. Uh, the third card would be the Sun card to get charged up with burning enthusiasm and shine forth brilliantly. The fourth card would be the Strength card to have unshakable resolve and ability to endure despite setbacks. The fifth card would be the Magician take action and carry out plans to bring one's creative talents in producing magical results. And the sixth card would be the lover's card, to tap into one's inner libido energy, feel a physical attraction, experience desire with another, and have sexual fulfillment. So what we do here is that, and also there's a few other oils here. We take the oil, uh, the sun oil, to keep you on the path of self-actualization and personal development. You'll also need uh, John the Conqueror oil for charisma, enhanced leadership, physical vitality, prowess, cultivating strength and courage, and, and providing good fortune and luck in all matters of risk. And attraction oil to draw money, love, success, and all good things. So what you do is you place seven drops of the sun oil, seven drops of the John the Conqueror oil, seven drops of attraction oil, into the oil lamp oil well. Then what you do is you align the six cards around the oil lamp in no particular order. You write up on a clear paper a set of short-term goals and outcomes that you want to achieve by the end of summer, by September 21st or sooner, and place it under the lamp itself. Light the oil lamp when the sun enters cancer, um, for example, here, June 21st, 2019, at 8.53 a.m., PDT, and recite the Orphic Hymn to the Sun and close the ritual by reciting the 23rd Psalm. Keep the oil lamp burning for three days with the cards surrounding it until sunset on St. John's Eve on June 23rd. And that's what it is. Wow. Wow. That is very, very good. 
excellent that is, that is classical, Thanks. classical Thanks. Uh, esoteric occultism. I'm going to just mention, because you've mentioned the Orphic Hymn of the Sun, and there's going to be people who go, what the heck is that? Um, no, it is not something that you cannot find. You can just look it up, Orphic Hymn of the Sun. If instead of an oil lamp, you wanted to use a Lucky Mojo uh, glass vigil lamp, our sun candle has the Orphic Hymn of the Sun conveniently printed on the back label. <laughs> just saying. But um, doing it, it, yeah, doing it with an oil lamp, though, keeps it, keeps it a steadier thing. You got what you got. I love that. What do you think, Ollie? Uh-oh, we lost Ollie oh, now. Sir, I, I was muted, sorry. I particularly oh, like okay. the use of the Orphic Hymns. For people that don't know what the Orphic Hymns are, they're a very classic way of working. Uh, they come out of the Hellenic tradition, and they're hymns. They're praises to uh, various astrological powers, very astral powers. Um, and this way of both combining the timing with the right ingredients, with the tarot cards, with the Orphican, it's just an all-around powerful, powerful way of working. Now, a question, this is something, because it's an oil lamp, this is something that someone can use long-term. As long as you trim the wick and give it more oil, you can get let this thing go for, for ages. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed, yeah. 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 And... um. You know, an oil lamp is, you know, you can keep it as a virtually a perpetual flame if you know what you're doing. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and they can be refilled while they are, are still burning without putting the flame out. And uh, mm-hmm. you can burn them basically until the wick gives out. But then you can actually sew more wick onto it. And I've done this just to see, you know, um, if they can be burned indefinitely, in other words. Um, and then before we had astral candles, uh, it was lamps. People were lighting lamps uh, for for things like this, for astrology, for tapping into various zodiacal powers. Um, now, especially with with uh, Henry Gamache's book and 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 the rise of sort of astral candles, people really use candles for that work. You know, Jupiter candles, etc. This is a really old mm-hmm. way of working, very traditional as well. Yeah. Nagashiva right. brings also... up, uh, be sure not to smoke up your chimney. And, of course, Nagashiva knows you can also pull the chimney off and clean it with uh, tissue paper wrapped around your hand if you have a small hand. Even while it's hot, you can do it. <laughs> it the, an oil lamp can be repaired or fixed, refilled, cleaned, and so forth while it's burning. It's kind of a fun thing. But astral candles right. work well, too. Mm-hmm. You could also add your... Um sun sign oil and moon sign oil and ascendant oil. And for those who don't know what their moon or ascendant is, just add mm. your sun sign oil to help fortify and enhance the magical effect. And I would just stress mm-hmm. that have a very clear outcome of what you want to achieve by the end of summer. I, I think this mm-hmm. uh, spell would work very well, uh, especially with all those malefic aspects and that big nasty eclipse coming up. This will help you ride it through and it will certainly make it a productive and an enjoyable summer. Mm-hmm. Adding in those yeah. uh, personal oils is fantastic for really personalizing the oil lamp to yourself, to your, you know, to your actual chart. Uh, Nagashiva also mentioned the art of voodoo and candle magic. For people who don't know what astral candles are, pick up the book and you'll have a great introduction into candle work. 
Yeah. So keep it going until the autumn equinox is is what we're talking about here, and and then we'll have William on, and he'll give us another one. <laughs> A lamp <laughs> for fact, the autumn equinox. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm seeing really, um, William. There's a little thing, a lamp for each uh, one of the um, seasons. It's a beautiful, beautiful way of working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Okay. Well, again, we wish everybody a, a good summer. It's going to be a hot one. Um, I'm looking at this chart. <laughs> it's going to be a hot one. We're gonna. Um, see what's what's going to happen and how it's going to go for us but i'm telling you uh, beware and when we come to that eclipse um take it slow and easy but take it all right we're going to uh, turn this over to papa newt he's going to give us our uh, uh excellent closing and then we'll all come back afterwards and say goodbye in our own separate and different ways take it away papa newt Thank you, Miss Cat and Conjurman Ali, and thank you, William Stickevers of WilliamStickevers.com in Las Vegas, Nevada, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Real Workers will be Miss Athena of GothicConjure.com in New York City, bringing us the topic on Mediterranean folk magic. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman Ali at theconjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Papa Newt, joining you from papanewt.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via Lucky Mojo. Mojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you, Papa Newt. It's always nice to bring a great show to a close. I really like this topic of astrology, and I know it is a little esoteric for some, but I keep on saying to you all, if you don't know astrology, you should learn it. William Stickevers does webinars. Find him on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, wherever he hangs out. I see him on Facebook. Um, William, your teaching is so good, and what you do is so spot on. Um, if you all Thank are you, interested Dad. in this topic, yeah, j- just check him out, William Stickevers. He really does know what he's doing. And I want to thank Ali, Papa Newt, Nagashiva, and uh, everyone who's been in the chat room. Good night. Good night, all. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.